Welcome to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Today's show is brought to you by Palm Wonderful and BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash N-O-B and get on your way to being your best self. I'm Paul Vogelsang, and we have a wonderful show today with returning guest, New York Times best-selling author and Hollywood movie mogul Mark Graney. As part of our Art of Living author interview series, our guest today is Mark Graney. The Not Old Better Show audience will know Mark Graney well from his work in Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan universe or his best-selling Gray Man series. And this week, a brand new Gray Man book titled Burner is on sale, and Burner is already on the bestseller list. Thank you so much for listening today. We have got a great guest in Mark Graney. I'll introduce him in just a moment, and we will get right to that exciting interview. But if you missed any episodes, last week was our 698th episode when I spoke to Washington Post journalist and author Philip Bump, who has written the new book, The Aftermath, The Last Days of the Baby Boom and the Future of Power in America. Two weeks ago, I spoke with Smithsonian Associate, Newsweek editor, journalist, and author, Mark Whitaker, who has written the new book, Saying It Loud, 1966, the year Black Power challenged the civil rights movement. That, of course, is part of our Black History Month series. These are wonderful subjects for our Not Old Better Show audience. If you missed those shows, along with any others, you can go back and check them out, along with my entire back catalog of shows, all free for you there on our website, notold-better.com. As I say, our guest is Returning to us once again, we've talked to Mark Graney several times. He'll tell us about his new book, part of the Gray Man series, titled Burner. And the main character, Court Gentry, is caught between the Russian mafia and the CIA in this latest electrifying thriller in the number one New York Times bestselling Gray Man series. Court Gentry and his lover, Zoya Zakharova, find themselves on opposite poles when it comes to their protectee. They both want him, but for different reasons. That's a problem for tomorrow. Today, they need to keep him and themselves alive. Right now, it's not looking good. <laughs> this is a great start to a great book. You're going to love this thriller, so let's learn more. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast, New York Times best-selling author and Hollywood movie mogul, Mark Rainey. Mark Rainey, welcome back to the program. Hey, thanks for having me back, Paul. Yeah, it's always so good to talk with you. Uh, I enjoy it. You uh, are, are just a, a, a prolific author, and, and you, you do so much. I, I'm excited to catch up with you today about Burner, but I always like to ask about you're, – you're also a real family family man, so I always like to check in and see how your family's doing. Everybody good there? Yeah, everybody's great. You know, we live down in Memphis, and uh, yep. weather weather is cold right now, but not too cold, yeah. and everybody's doing fine. Good. Well, that's great to hear. My best to you, of course, always, and to your family, because I think that's uh, that's an important part of, you know, all the stuff that we do and probably couldn't do it without. I certainly couldn't do it without them. Yeah. You've got this wonderful book out. Thank you for sharing it with me. I say this to you all the time, but one of my faves. Burner, one of my faves. <laughs> and just Well, I, I, I'm glad you say it to me all the time. I like to hear it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Always. Let's start off with that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Burner, catch us up with Court and Zoya and all the cool stuff that's going on. Yeah, so this is the 12th book in the series. And I, I always start by saying it's a standalone novel. You don't have to read 11 other books to understand what's happening here. 
you can just pick this one up if you haven't read any of the others in the series. But in this one, uh, my hero, a guy named Court Gentry, is uh, in the Caribbean sinking the yachts of uh, mega yachts <laughs> of rich, uh, you know, Rus- Russian oligarchs. It just almost as a pastime, <laughs> right. he's doing that. And uh, the CIA finds him and they ask him to do a job. A um, Some material has been stolen from a private bank in Switzerland that proves Russia's connection, uh, sort of Russian intelligence uh bribes that are going out to officials in the West and they want court to get this material out of the hands of the people who have it. Meanwhile, Zoya Zakharova, who is his uh, on again, off again lover, depending on the book is on the other end of this mission. She's been uh, pulled in to protect the man that is holding this information. And so the two of them are sort of at cross purposes in the beginning of the book. And it's, you know, it's a big action novel, but there is a big geopolitical uh, center to the story all about the war in Ukraine, even though it's not a military thriller at all. It all takes it's all, you know, spies and subterfuge outside of Ukraine. Uh, the backdrop of the war is a large part of the story. Yeah, I I laughed a little bit as you were talking. I, I apologize for that because I, I certainly the, the book, the book is so great. Nothing, nothing to be laughed at. But I'll tell you the plot right. element of court sinking those mega yachts out there. Matt, that's that's good stuff for him to be doing. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the way I set it up is uh, he's he's not in contact with the agency. So he really has no connections that can get him into Russia to do the the things that would really cut them off at their knees. <laughs> so instead, he's he's working for this kind of a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch who has a beef against these uh, against these Russian oligarchs, and he's just going to go sink their boats until he can find something better to do. <laughs> you know, it, and again, I, I chuckle a little bit about this. And, and and you and I have talked in the past. You're a, you're a passionate reader. You you follow the news. In my edition of the book that you sent to me, uh, there was a, uh, a reference to right at the very opening pages, Slava, Ukraini, I believe. Yeah. Um, you also had a, a reference to uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn. Mm-hmm. You know, we know they are lying. They know they are lying. <laughs> yeah. We, we know the rest of that. But you do take this very seriously, the the war and these mega yachts. Um separatists and and the and the and the cells that are are in the United States. I wonder if you tell us a little bit about where you come up with this stuff because I got to believe that much of this is very real. It's certainly very real and very passionate to you, I know. Yeah, I I this was very passionate to me the the war. I'd already started writing a book about Russian intelligence and Swiss banking when the war started. And then I, of course, I was just following that and decided to integrate it into the book. Of course, it was difficult last spring and summer to try and pontificate where we would be, you know, the facts on the ground, February of 2023, you know, when I was writing this in March of 2022 or whatever, but it was, it was important for me to, you know, do the research and to try and figure out where things might be. And I'm, I think I got it pretty close. Um, as far as like the Russian separatists, the uh, Ukrainian separatists who are, who are pro-Russian, uh, I think I use a group called the DPR, the, the Donetsk People's Re- Republic, uh, and they actually have an intelligence cell. In, the, in this book, they are in the United States. They've infiltrated the U.S. doing operations. I don't know that that's true. Um, 
no, none of them have been caught if that is if that is the case. But I thought it would be interesting for them to not just be regular GRU, which is Russian military um, agents. I wanted them to be actual Ukrainians, and that's how they were able to infiltrate the U.S. Um, at the same time, though, there are a lot of things that I've written about have come true. Like in the last month, one of them would be, um, you know, there is a, a high ranking or there's multiple high ranking American government officials who are taking money from Russia in this book to uh, to influence uh, a peace treaty that that the Russians are are trying to get signed. And in, in the real world, just about two weeks ago, a, a guy named Charles McDonagall, who is the head of counterintelligence at the New York field office of the FBI, uh, was caught um, taking money from a Russian oligarch named uh, Oleg Deripaska. Deripaska and uh, the guy's connected to Putin. And so these things happen in, in, in the German uh, intelligence, German foreign intelligence. They arrested one of their uh, one of their own for taking money from the Russians. And at the International Criminal Court in the Netherlands, they caught a Russian GRU officer infiltrating the the ICC. So these things are happening all around us all the time. And um, you know, it's it's interesting to me to write it, to learn about them, and then to write about them. Um, these things that I wrote about hadn't happened yet, but. Uh, you know, it, 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 it's been going on. Russia has been at war with us for 20 something years, whether we've, we've known it or not. I think that's what I like so much about your books is I, I'm learning something, too. I I love the action, the thriller, all the espionage, all of that stuff is just fantastic. But I'm really, you know, I'm soaking up. I I like to read a digital version of your books because, um, I mean, I love the print editions, too, but I kind of click on things and highlight them and then go look them up elsewhere. And one of the details are so important to you. One of the details that I thought was fascinating was this notion to computerized gate pattern analysis. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, no, um, certainly no spoilers here at at all, Bark. But I mean, tell us a little bit about that, maybe, and and where you get this, because that's, that's a detail that's important to you. And I, I love learning about this stuff. Yeah. Um, gate pattern analysis is something that is just done as a way to identify people, just like fingerprints and just like the um, facial recognition stuff that, that exists, uh, which has gotten very, very sophisticated, very, very hard to fool and cheat. But there are still ways to uh, fool facial recognition. I mean, sunglasses make it harder, not 100%. But um, gate pattern analysis is basically cameras are watching the way you walk and they can identify people by the way that they walk if they have some other data that shows those people, you know, in the, in the past. And uh, that's a little hard. to That's hard to fake, too. And really all these things t- together make it really difficult for spies to make it through the world. So I've, you know, I just do research and I learn this stuff. And then at some point. You know, you need for these types of cloak and dagger books, you 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 need your spies to be able to move around. So at some point you, you have to kind of forget it a little bit and, and have them get away with it. But other times you want to show that that technology is always looming over these these characters and making uh, their jobs even that much harder. Yeah, the one detail that jumped out at me, too, in this book was the six hour copperhead. I. I had to look that one up too. I thought that was fascinating, and and I know you're you're actually out using these guns. I wonder if you maybe tell us a little bit about the Copperhead and if you've shot that and 
why that one has appeared here in this book in Burner. Yeah, so the Copperhead is a very small, it's a short-barreled rifle is what they're called. Um, it fires a nine millimeter round. Um, and it's six hours is a the German company that, that creates them. And it's just a very, very small, very concealable uh, rifle. I don't have a six-hour Copperhead, but I have a six-hour MPX short-barreled rifle, which is essentially an earlier version of the Copperhead. It's a little bit bigger. Um, I have a suppressor on mine. Um, I can't remember if I had them suppressed in the in the book or not, but um, it, it's it's just a very very good weapon. It's incredibly concealable, and for these uh, agents in the U.S., they're having to do all this stuff with, with utility belts and backpacks and stuff. They're they're not dressed as soldiers, obviously, because they're doing an operation in New York City. So I wanted I wanted a, a realistic weapon for them to use that would be you know, potent and lethal, but also incredibly concealable. So the Copperhead was uh, kind of the, the latest and greatest of those, those types of things. Yeah. It, it adds a really, it has a very cool element to it. Thanks. The other thing that, that I like so much about court, and I know, I know my audience does, he's, he's such a real guy. I have a son who is on the Asperger spectrum. Mm -hmm. You don't really allude to Asperger so much, but you make it very clear that Court has difficulty reading relationships, and and he he's not quite on top of all the nuances. Why is that important to add to to who Court is? Um, you know, I wanted to create you know strengths and vulnerabilities, and sometimes those strengths and vulnerabilities go hand in hand. And actually, in the last book, which was, uh, this is where I can't remember the names of my own books, but um, oh, Sierra Six, um, he has a relationship with a woman who is on the spectrum. And she at one point says, I don't think you're neurotypical yourself. You know, so I, I do kind of allude to the fact that no one else has picked up on that. But this one woman, Julie, who herself is uh, on the spectrum, she's sort of questioning whether he is as well. And it almost kind of goes over his head. He doesn't even really know what she's talking about at that <laughs> stage of the game. But, you know, I'm kind of alluding to the fact that he is uh, very focused and he's, he's more than anything else. He's, he's been trained for one thing. And so relationships are a little, a blind spot for him. He's gotten better over the years because you have to have a continuing story arc and he can't be the same character he was in book one or book two or book three. Um, here at book 12, he, he's in, in relationships, but he still finds them incredibly confounding. And Zoya Zakharova, his, uh, the woman that he loves is a, um, she has, she has demons of her own, let's say. And, um, I think the two of them are interesting foils. Yes, they are. They, they, I, I made a note of this too, because on page 502 in my edition, uh, Zoya and Court finally kiss in the book i thought that was spectacular <laughs> big, a big deal yeah I, I guess i wasn't in a, i wasn't in a rush for that to happen i guess it was on page five of yeah i i'm tracking it because you know me my audience we're all hoping for grandchildren at some point and so we're hoping that zoya and court are going to yeah. get together here and uh -huh. they they do and and uh and that's a wonderful thing for the two of them i mean i think it just adds another they support each other you can tell they care about each other and they're good together from a professional standpoint. Yeah. Um, yeah. At, at this stage of their uh, story arcs, Zoya is basically doing the same thing that Court is doing. She, she's working on a contract basis. Uh, she's former intelligence officer, but, you know, has been 
you know, disavowed or whatever by her nation. So she's working as a contract officer. And this, and this book finds her in a very dark place in her life. I've had court in dark places in his life and other books. And it, it, to me, it's just sort of Zoya's turn and it makes sense for the story. So I thought that, you know, let's, let's have these two people on different sides of the issue, at least at the beginning, but showing the strengths and vulnerabilities of both of them. And then when they finally do kind of link up and figure out that uh, they aren't enemies, you know, that, that just makes the, their relationship that much stronger. Hey, it's Paul. We'll be right back with our guest, but I want to take a moment and mention our generous sponsor, Palm Wonderful. You know, all of us in the Not Old Better Show audience know full well that the first step in taking care of your body and mind begins with eating and drinking right every day. And what better way to get your daily fill of antioxidant goodness than with delicious Palm Wonderful 100% pomegranate juice? With 700 milligrams of polyphenol antioxidants in every serving, this 100% juice from whole-pressed pomegranates helps protect your body against harmful free radicals. Palm contains no added sugars, preservatives, or fillers. It truly is health in a bottle. Drink it daily, feel it forever. We have been drinking Palm Wonderful 100% pomegranate juice in our house for a while. And for Thanksgiving, my wife made the palm salsa recipe instead of traditional cranberry jelly. Wow. We used palm juice and palm fresh fruit, and it was amazing. Just delicious. It's now our go-to palm salsa. To find delicious recipes and learn more about the antioxidant goodness of palm, visit palmwonderful.com. Thanks, everybody. As I mentioned, today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Let's talk quickly about our sponsor, BetterHelp. Listen, we all have our ideas about what it takes to be our best self. You know, do good for others, do good for yourself, exercise, have meaningful relationships, and lots more. But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to. Stress shows up too, and in all kinds of ways. Personally, 2022 was one of the most stressful years in my life. My mom, 92, was supposed to join us here in Virginia, and at the last minute, due to her health, she opted for a more substantial caregiver and establishment. We moved heaven and earth to get her here, which was stressful. Then that didn't happen, and when her health deteriorated, that became even more stressful. I relate to our sponsor, BetterHelp, in so many ways. I've benefited from therapy. I learned to cope better with stress. Stress overwhelms, period. And when you work with a BetterHelp therapist, you'll feel empowered to overcome the stress and not feel so overwhelmed. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. Telehealth is a godsend, and the convenience of BetterHelp their range of therapists, the flexibility, the affordability, it is the option for me, and it could work for you too. You first start by filling out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, but you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered, less stressful life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com NOB today to get 10% off your first month. That's a month of therapy 
for 10% off. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash N-O-B. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash N-O-B and get on your way to being your best, less stressed self. Thanks, everybody. We are back and we're with Mark Graney. Mark Graney is the author of the Gray Man series, author of the new book, which is out now, titled Burner. Everyone is talking about this book, Mark Graney. Burner is further proof that Mark has solidified his place in the pantheon of the great thriller writers, such as Brad Thor, Daniel Silva, Vince Flynn, Lee Child, and of course, Tom Clancy. Amazing comments, amazing reviews for the book. It's getting a lot of great attention out there, Mark. And uh, as I say, I, I really enjoy the history. I, I enjoy the the politics of the books. I uh, love the action. Court and Zoya are just real, very real people too. And I do think they have a great uh, relationship. I, I, I've said a couple times to you, and I, I've, I've chuckled because I, I do just enjoy these. And I want to, I want to just throw one word at you. Uh, again, no spoilers here, Mark Grady, but, but foam. That is the word of the moment for me in this book. <laughs> foam. Foam. Well, I don't think it spoils anything. I, I, yeah, I know. I, I okay, know what good. you're talking about because foam doesn't come into my. Uh, yeah. So there's a there is a pivotal scene in the movie, in the movie in the book where they are um, at, in a aircraft hangar, and Court needs some sort of a distraction. He needs to get across this hangar without anyone being able to see him. So he sets off the fire fire suppression system. And I had seen a thing just mm. randomly on YouTube years ago or a year ago or something about uh, this type of foam flame retardant, you know, this fire suppression system where these just incredible just <laughs> geysers of foam come out of these things in the ceiling. And um, it can fill up a room in, in two minutes and, and cover the floor in 15, 20 seconds or something. And so I did that. And then next thing I know, I'm writing a fight scene that all takes place inside foam. And then I'm scratching my head as I was writing it going like, what is this? Is this going to look cartoonish? Is this going to translate? But, uh, you know, the more I got into it, the more I was like, okay, I think I can sell this uh, aspect of the story. Yeah. Yeah. Sell it. You do. And it is, it's an amazing element because they, they, the, the gunfight, you know, they hide in the foam, they slip around in the foam. It really is a um, a rewarding part. And and the white hat guys win, really, there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, when you've done 12 of these books, the, the thing you're always trying to do is come up with something you haven't done before. And um, so sometimes that can get kind of out there and left field. And then sometimes you, you come across something, go like, wow, I haven't. Not only have I not done this before, I haven't really seen this done before, and so it becomes more and it becomes more and more difficult to write it. Your first uh, first few books they don't feel easy at the time, but when you look back on them, you were like, "Wow, any any cool thing I could think of, I could write about." Whereas now it's like the first twenty. This is my twenty third book, Burner, uh, uh, counting all my books, and uh, and it's like okay, so really the twenty fourth <laughs> thing I think of is the thing that I can write about. You're very easy for me to talk with, and and I appreciate that. Congrats on all of these books. You seem like you have a pretty good sense of humor too. One of the lines that that I loved so much is that you know it's he he shot him in the left foot with his foot i thought that was hilarious yeah. then the other line that i thought was so great is um 
he fell eight stories from a basement window. There's a lot of other great humor. I'm just going to go with with those two. But you got to have a little bit of a sense of humor to do this stuff too and pull it off because these making it as real as they are, I think we kind of have to laugh at, at some of these just crazy circumstances that are going on in the world. Yeah, and I like, you know, that's how life is. I, I like mm-hmm. the dynamic aspects to the story, some light, some lightness and some dark. And I'm funnier, well, not funnier, but like, I, I you know, I'm like more lighthearted than my characters, of course, but I do like to intersperse that where I can. That that line about falling eight stories from a basement went to his <laughs> death from a basement window. That's a that's a Russian saying. That's like a that's a uh, I didn't wow. even I didn't even invent that because uh you know that anybody that falls out of favor with the Kremlin, you know, they'll say, yeah, he fell eight stories or you know, he shot him he committed suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head twice right. or something like that. You know, there's just little sayings for like is really like hard to believe uh aspect. Yeah, such great stuff. Well, listen, let's talk for a second about Joshua Duffy, because that's our other hero, certainly. Last summer we had Armored. Um, That was the second book, or maybe the second book is coming. That was the first one. That was the first one, okay. Yeah, the second book, yeah, yeah. I'm working on the second book this year, so I actually have two books to write this year, the 13th Gray Man and the second Josh Duffy book. So, um, I have a very thumbnail plot and I have a due date at the end of the year and I have to bang out another book beforehand. So I've, I've got a pretty busy year, but yeah, it'll be out next summer. I don't even have a title for it other than Armored 2, which is all I've got for now. But I do have I do have a plot and I think it's going to be a pretty good story. And so am I correct that Armored, the, the, again, the first one that's been optioned by Sony, is that is that coming to at some point? Yeah, that. I, well, who knows if it's going to get made. I tell people mm-hmm. that, you know, I've had a movie made from one of my books. Yep, yep. So everybody thinks I've got all this juice and clout. And I said, yeah, I have so much juice and clout that, you know, the first book was one in a million shot. And now it's a two in a million shot, <laughs> you know, that, that, it, that armored is going to get made. So it's still, it's still a long shot, but I'm hopeful. And I know that they're actually working on it. Um, they're looking at it as a, as a series, like a, uh, like a TV series, like HBO or something mm-hmm. like that now. And um, and I think they're trying to develop it in that vein at this point. Yeah. Well, my hope is it it comes out too. I I really enjoyed Netflix's version of um, the Gray Man and uh, Best. Great. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. Big budget and lots of cool action and great great acting. Yeah. Um. So you're you're very complimentary in in your acknowledgments and and I. I get the impression that you and some of the other espionage thriller writers are kind of paying attention. I thought it was interesting that um, Jack Carr recently had one of his villains, kind of the premier villain, named Gray. And I wonder, are you guys talking about some of this stuff with each other? You know, I do talk to Jack all the time, but we we don't really talk about that sort of stuff. Um <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I, th- I think that's probably just happenstance. There's the the new yeah, um, yeah. the new Tom Clancy, uh, you know, John Krasinski TV series that's out on uh, uh, Netflix or Showtime or oh, Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, the series this year, Terminal everybody list. started as soon as it came up. As soon as the uh, the the Jack Ryan story went live, everybody started emailing me and saying. That, um, there's a there's a Russian assassin named Luca, which I have in my book, and there's yeah. a a Russian female spy named Zoya, which I have in my books. And everybody's like, yeah. "You think it's just the same?" I'm like, 
you know, we're all working in a, we're all working in a kind of a limited space. And, and so I, I don't think anybody's, you know, like, I don't think it was a nod to me or anything like that. I just, I just think that's how it is. It's probably the same way with Jack. Yeah. Well, it, it, Ears are the best. Uh, I just enjoy the Gray Man book so much. I'm looking forward to the Josh Duffy book coming out. All of the film work that you do, um, Mark Rainey, my best to you because uh, really you're just just doing some great things. Thanks so much for your time today. I I, I just appreciate it. Always talking with you and uh, congrats on this next one, Burner. And we'll put links so that our audience can find out more about Mark's books, all of them, including Burner and uh, Mark. Um, Whenever you're out this way in the kind of the D.C. area, boy, I'd love to shake your hand and just get a selfie. I'd like that, too. No, I, I always have a great time talking to you, Paul. My thanks to Palm Wonderful and BetterHelp for sponsoring today's show. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com slash N-O-B and get on your way to being your best self. Please. Check out our show notes for more information about how to support the show by supporting our sponsors. My thanks to you, my wonderful Not Old Better show audience on radio and podcast. Please be well and be safe, which I'm mentioning in every show because I want to bring attention to the issue of assault rifles, which aren't safe in anyone's hands but the military and law enforcement. Assault rifles are killing our children and grandchildren in the very places they learn, schools. Please, let's work together to eliminate assault rifles and let's do better. Let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show on radio and podcast. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next time.